The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. We're at episode number 1,621, and today we're going to do a quick wrap-up of Season 1, Part 1 of Star Wars Resistance, a recap and review of Star Wars Resistance and how they are doing with the launch of this new series in the canon. And I think I'd like to start off by talking about the voice casting for the show. And, you know, the comparative with Star Wars Rebels is that, you know, both of them are happening under Disney leadership and they are, you know, relatively, you know, concurrent one right after the other. So I think it's a better comparison than, say, trying to go back to the Clone Wars and compare Resistance to Clone Wars or even Rebels to Clone Wars. But I will say that from a voice casting standpoint, and particularly looking at the star quality that they brought into Star Wars Resistance, I have to say that they have upped their game. And it's actually a little surprising when you consider that the show Star Wars Resistance is actually pitched a little bit younger comparatively speaking from a demographic standpoint to Star Wars Rebels. It's actually supposed to appeal to a younger audience and so you would think that perhaps they wouldn't you know, go to as much trouble as it were to you know land the kind of voice talent that they did for Star Wars Resistance and yet they did. So in the first 11 episodes we had Oscar Isaac appear three times. We had Gwendolyn Christie appeared three times as well, and Greg Proops, who played Fode in The Phantom Menace, also did a you know four-time turn as the announcer of the races on the Colossus or over the Colossus platform. So, so yeah, some major voice talent coming from the movies into the cartoon. If you compare that to what happened with Rebels... It was basically stunt casting, comparatively speaking. You know, you had James Earl Jones doing the voice of Darth Vader at that, you know, one epilogue thing that was a special airing on ABC, not even on any of the Disney channels. So that was just kind of a one-off flyer, basically. And then we had Billy Dee Williams show up in an episode, and we had Frank Oz do Yoda for an episode. Those are all, of course, very significant voices, to be sure. And then, you know, the one equivalency is Anthony Daniels. He appeared in one episode of the first season of Star Wars Rebels and one episode of the first season of Star Wars Resistance. And a couple other notes about the voice casting. First of all, as we reported on yesterday's episode, the Rachel Butera saga has been as officially closed as we're going to get it to be with the casting of Carolyn Hennessy as General Leia Organa. And as far as other guest voices go and looking at Rebels as a comparative, I think it's fair to say that it's higher profile voices on Star Wars Resistance. I mean, I don't think Rebels in Season 1 had anybody who you could say was as big a, a high profile person as Elijah Wood. And Donald Faison is no slouch either. Comparatively in Rebels, you had James Wong, you had Peter McNichol, and you had Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman, and... 
Peter was on for two episodes, and Paul and James were on for one episode, and you know, meanwhile we have Donald Faison and Elijah Wood in two episodes this first half of the season of Star Wars Resistance, and it's only half the season, so you know, I'm talking about numbers for Rebels that encompass the entire season, so already it's stronger in terms of its higher profile voice cast, and we're only through the first half season of the show. Now, as far as the involved parties go, and I mean this from a group or organization perspective, looking at the good guy side of the house, you have the New Republic and the Resistance, and we don't get to find out a lot about the Resistance. What we ultimately find out is that they're obviously trying to you know, figure out what's going on with the First Order and do what they can to combat them. We know, and we know this from other things as well, but we know from the cartoon series that they are generally directed not to engage with the First Order, the Resistance is, and ultimately they end up doing that anyway, of course, because otherwise where would the you know, conflict and drama be, especially on a kid's cartoon series, right? You gotta have them shooting it out. There's no tense stares or, you know, um, game theory stale mates or anything like that like that's not really going to convey itself very well in a kids cartoon series um we also know that even with the information about the first order outpost that was mining deadlinite that that is not going to be enough to convince new republic senators that they should do anything about the first order and we kind of knew that anyway because of the way the force awakens unfolded and also, if you have read Bloodline by Claudia Gray, I'm sure you probably had that sense as well. So, not necessarily new news per se, but it is kind of interesting to see the pieces that are being collected by General Leia Organa and the Resistance, and you know what they're finding out about the First Order, and knowing that ultimately it's not going to help them. So that actually creates a bit of a sense of dread, even as they try to piece together what's happening. And then you have the bad guy side of the house. You have the First Order and also the band of pirates with which they're working. So the scam that the First Order was running about getting pirates to attack the Colossus and make it so the Colossus would ultimately ask the First Order for help and protection of the refueling platform. Well, it seems to have gone as well as the First Order could possibly have hoped at this point. The ink is not written on the thing. It's not a sealed deal yet, but... It's about as close as it's going to get at this point. So the pirates have staged successful attacks and they even have a pirate spy on the platform in the form of the character Sonara. And this is in addition to whatever First Order spy is still lurking around on the platform that we don't even yet know about. And I don't know, I'm starting to wonder, of all the people that they've introduced so far, who is going to turn out to be this First Order spy? So I think that's... Probably, you know, a poll that we should consider running here. Is it going to be one of the aces? Is it going to be the likes of Elijah Wood's character, Jace Rucklin? Is it going to be Aunt Z? Is it going to be somebody in the Team Fireball crew? Which would be a terrible betrayal, of course. So let me know who you think it's going to turn out to be. Just drop me a line wherever you happen to be catching this show. And so the First Order seems to be doing just fine. And we know that they have a great success coming up. So this whole Colossus refueling platform, however this works out, you know, maybe this helps them with their enterprise. Maybe it doesn't. But, you know, the interesting thing I think about this at this point is that we've talked here on the show about the fact that eventually they're going to have to get off the platform. And they do from time to time, as we've seen in the last couple of episodes. But 
I'm talking about the whole major story. Like, you know, where are we going to go with this? I imagine just based on the way the timeline is unfolding that it kind of makes sense to have this first season in its entirety take place before The Force Awakens. And then as far as the next season goes, the second season, which should be debuting in either September or October of next year, leading right into the release of episode nine, I don't imagine them going past the events of The Last Jedi in Star Wars Resistance until after the release of episode nine, so as not to give anything away. I mean, at the very least, you know, maybe they would do things that were, you know, concurrent with the events happening in The Last Jedi, so stuff that happened after The Force Awakens, but within that short time period, or, you know, maybe slightly just the barest hint of time after, but I don't think we're going to see anything significantly going past the events of The Last Jedi until we get into 2020, and that would be the second half of Season 2. But that does open some interesting possibilities for Season 2 as well. I know that's really looking ahead, comparatively speaking. But the idea of what the Colossus refueling platform will look like once the First Order has destroyed Hosnian Prime and is moving to take over the galaxy by force and, you know, much more aggressively, none of this namby-pamby, oh, the pirates, and let me send you a proposal or anything like that. The Colossus under the iron fist of the First Order without permission, without proposals, is an intriguing possibility. And Rebellion just on the platform itself, well, that could be you know a rather fascinating plot line as well but i don't know if i necessarily see it you know lasting the entirety of the second season maybe that first half you know and then maybe you know something else happens maybe kaz and team fireball have to find their way off the platform so that they can join the resistance and fight more actively but circling back to the second half of the first season of Star Wars Resistance. I think what we see out of it is you know, the lead up to The Force Awakens. And who knows, maybe we'll actually have the events of The Force Awakens happen toward the end of the season and the last couple of episodes that are usually done as a two-episode quote-unquote movie. Maybe that will deal with the fallout from The Force Awakens. So... Otherwise, we're going to be leading up to the events, see the First Order try to you know, really get a firm stranglehold on the Colossus refueling platform and see just how desperate Kaz and the Resistance are going to get in figuring out who that First Order spy is. So that right there is my review and wrap-up of the first half of Star Wars Resistance, the first half of the first season of Star Wars Resistance, I should say. And before I go, I just want to say thank you again so much, as always, for joining me for this episode. I hope you will subscribe to it wherever you happen to be getting it. And I hope you'll also continue to support or consider supporting this daily dose of Star Wars joy at patreon.com SW7X7. And the only thing that remains for me to say is may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and/or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.